Hello and welcome to Life Sciences in Queensland. My guest today is Dr Jason Linios, who runs the Stem Cell Laboratory at the Clem Jones Centre for Regenerative Medicine at Bond University. His main goal is to deliver real-world therapies to treat retinal diseases such as macular degeneration to the generation of cells for transplantation. Jason, welcome. Thank you very much. How did you get involved in this field of work? It was kind of uh, accidental, really. I was working overseas on a project that was taking a while to get government approval. And a friend called me over to help. And I said I could come for about one or two months max. <laughs> and that was eight years ago. Mm. Always happens, doesn't it? Yeah, I, it actually it was surprising. And uh, so what started out as, can you help us please, led to a quick breakthrough. And I loved it and I, and I stayed. And uh, since coming to Bond uh, in, I think it was around about 2013, you've led the stem cell research for uh, generating cells to treat age-related macular degeneration. What has this journey been like for you? It's fortune uh, favours the prepared mind. Uh, I didn't know anything about the eye before I started, but I, I did understand how development works and the principles of development and so I'm, I'm not afraid to learn about a new cell type or system and so I just dived into the literature and put in my mind together a way to to approach the problem and it really it worked really quickly um, which is one of the rare things in science because often I've been in, in other projects where you're on two years plugging away and you don't get success you try everything you know you try all the witchcraft available and uh, it still doesn't work, and and so in this case, it just it just did, um, and I'm you know really grateful for that. Uh, in terms of challenges, what were some of the challenges along the way for you? I've been involved in numerous that areas related to stem cells. So um, I started out with mouse embryonic stem cells in Adelaide, and then in cloning, like we make Dolly the sheep, it was really about pigs. Then into adult stem cells, the stem cells in your body. Uh, and using those stem cells for cloning. And then I had a, a professor in, in the US that uh, had some very unusual um, adult stem cells that no one really believes are, are real, and I was trying to help him prove that they, they really exist and that can do some good things for, the, for healing. All of that sort of knowledge combined, oh, and also I shouldn't skip over reprogramming, making skin cells into stem cells. Mm. That was one of the things that, that actually helped. All those different skill sets and challenges gave me a, a toolbox to approach this new problem. Then when I began, we really didn't have any background in like in making these cells, so we had to start from scratch. The problems that we faced at the start, they, they, they were practical problems, but um, thinking through how to make the cells wasn't really the main issue. It's all the things that are coming next. So there's stages. It's one thing to be able to make cells. It's another thing to be able to deliver them as a therapy. Let's talk about macular degeneration. Mm-hmm. That's your focus at the moment. Mm-hmm. How widespread is it in Australia and, and globally for that matter? So worldwide, there's uh, about 200 million people projected to be, I think, about 280 million by in the next, say, 20, 30 years. Uh, in Australia, there's about 1.2 million people that have AMD and about 15% of those, or, or let's say roughly 200,000 people actually, will lose vision. So the problem is widespread. It's the most common form of vision loss in the elderly in terms of a retinal disease. What is causing that degeneration? 
It's age. It's mm-hmm. the, the cells are getting old. So it's purely age-related. It's age, partly age-related. It's age-related. Yeah. Um, so really, these cells, uh, they're working really hard for the entirety of your life. How you eat, if you exercise, if you smoke, uh, your genetics, all these things contribute to these cells eventually wearing out and not working anymore. And these cells are so fundamental to how the eye works or the retina works that if they fail, then the rest of the retina actually breaks down as well. So we have to save these cells first. It is to actually replace them like a spare part. Mm. Like you would change like your disc brakes on your car. It's we're taking stem cells, making disc brakes for the eye to actually change them in. So we want to make these new retinal cells and implant them underneath the rest of the retina so that they can actually rescue uh, the whole retina before it dies. And where are you up to in that research? We are up to the point of animal studies. So animal studies are important to show that what you've made um, works in a living system. So we know that the cells work according to the tests that we can do out in the lab, but that's only part of the, the, the problem. The other side of it, which is a, 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 uh, the advanced stream, which is now taking these cells and preparing to go into the clinic. That's a whole different process. You're making the same cells, but you're making them um, in, a, in a different way, in a, in a kosher way. The cells that we make in the lab right now, you can't implant into a human um, because of what our labs are. They're not clinical grade labs. And just like organ transplants, do they, they need to be compatible with the patient? The eye is a very interesting place. It is hypothetically protected from the immune system, but when it's diseased, that protection can break down. For example, wet AMD is, is a type of macular degeneration where blood vessels from behind the eye break through and, and the barrier between the, the blood system and the protected eye is broken. So you can't really call it a protected immunoprivileged area anymore. The, uh, the reality is that the first clinical trials um, for this are, are over a decade old and those cells have survived. But the, the way forward is to use um, cells that are basically invisible to the immune system so that the immune system doesn't recognize them as foreign. And so you take a, a, have a, a stem cell with these properties that um, your immune system doesn't, doesn't see them as a foreign transplant and turn them into these retinal cells and transplant those in to compatible patients. And the idea is that they should last for a very long time. How safe is this process? The process of transplantation um, versus actual like having cells in your body. Now, there's, there's multiple issues here. The cells themselves need to be quality controlled for safety in terms of their genetics. You know, so if you are growing cells in the, in the lab, they're dividing and every time a cell divides, uh, there's a risk of uh, mistakes being made and that we, we know is you know, part of what causes cancer. So you don't want any of that. The other um, aspects are that over time, uh, you know, the cells may be attacked by the immune system. We, we don't have evidence that that's going to happen long term but um, there is a risk that you had a transplant at the age of 60, and then by the age of 65, you know, 70, 85, you may need another. We're trying to actually eliminate that need by using stem cells that are invisible to the immune system. In terms of the safety profile beyond that, all the clinical studies so far tell us that it's safe. Jason, when you talk about uh, stem cell research that you're doing, you have a, a smile on your face. It's... Yeah. it's <laughs> And I, I guess it's, it's uh, two or threefold, is that you're working in an area where people are going to benefit, aren't yeah. they, in the future? People uh, are, mm. you might be preventing blindness in, in lots and lots of people. Yeah, that's right. Millions of people around the world. 
Yep, that's that's the goal. That's the goal. And I also have some friends that um, are affected by different retinal diseases as well. For example, one friend played blind uh, cricket for Australia. He asked me to go um, to come up and play some tennis, and I thought we'd just hit have a hit. We had a centre um, stage of um, was it Pat Rafter Arena? With, yes, yeah, yes, with, with uh, yeah. the blind tennis players. Mm. And so I was talking to these guys, and the Australian blind cricket captain was there, and just getting a sense of what their lives are like, how little they can actually see. Uh, how I would struggle with that myself. I mean, that's one aspect. And then you have the elderly themselves who, people with AMD, they don't just lose their vision, they lose their, um, um, their independence. Um, and some people actually fall into severe depression. When you can't read anymore, when you can't see the faces of your loved ones, it really haunts you. And actually some people see ghosts, like um, when the middle of your eye, see AMD is really the loss of your central vision, okay? It's a, it's a black hole in the middle of your, your vision. In that space, they see ghosts sometimes. They see your body wants to receive information from a place that's no longer working, so it invents information. And that, that appears as you know, ghosts and, and things like that. And, and it drives people crazy. And some people have suicided from it. Mm. You know, these sorts of things are real issues that, that people don't really think about. And Jason, when you talk to your friends about mm. the work that you do, those that have been affected by blindness, mm. what do they say? How do they react? I mean, they're very happy, of course. Um, they're willing to donate tissue and, and blood and uh, can I come into the lab and you know, experiment on me? Can I line up for a therapy? You know, I, I, there's some things I can say yes to and others I can say, no, you have to wait. But they're always very interested and keen, and they understand it when I can't go out for beer sometimes because I'm, I'm late working back in the lab. You know. <laughs> and in terms of the work that, that you and your colleagues are doing here in Queensland, how mm. does that compare to what we're seeing around the world? Are we, are we up there with, with some of the best? We're up there with some of the best in terms of our actual um, process and technology, and we are behind in terms of the, their timelines. So the first clinical trials began before we even started this project but that doesn't mean that it's not worth doing because when you need to make enough cells to treat an, a large population that's what we can do well that's really our strength we can do it where we can make lots of cells using a system that is uh, ready for the clinical production whereas others have to do it in a way that is enough to treat a small group of people and then they have to find out ways to expand um, their cells that's the sort of trade-off. And at the same time, everyone is trying slightly different approaches and no one knows which one's the best. So it's, it's still uh, a period of we don't know, for example, whose approach will last 10 years or 30 years. And we are all basically, just like with the COVID vaccines, you have multiple vaccines and they all work a little bit differently and some have benefits and, you know, over others and so on. So it's a similar issue. As we, as we move forward, the clinical trials no doubt will be ongoing. Mm. Five, ten years, so are you hopeful that we'll, we'll be uh, in a situation where there will be human trials? Yes. How far away are we from that? Um, so that's a very good question. We could be as close as five years away to clinical trials, uh, and it depends. It depends on the way that the Australian government actually helps. The use of stem cells, like we're not talking about adult stem cells, things that you get for like blood transplantation and so on. We're talking about embryonic stem cells and, and reprogrammed stem cells. They are a different category. And the amount of infrastructure, um, investment, legislation that you need to cooperate so that everyone can get together and also business can come together and invest and so that, um, so that it's possible is actually forming as we speak. 
there are some of the big hitters in Australia are leading those conversations. Um, I know some of them who are um, who are leading the way, and they talk to Parliament, they talk to um, uh, ministers, and they are trying to get uh, them understanding the benefits of investing in this type of work for Australia. And they started to see the light. Jason, what else can stem cells do for vision? Apart from replacing failing parts in the body, they can be used as a platform to um, first recreate the disease outside of the body and when you have that when you've got a good representation of the disease then you can uh, find new drugs to prevent disease or different genes that could actually you could you could introduce new genes into the cells to also prevent or reverse disease and that's a whole um, field um, that's emerging um, called rejuvenation well that's one part of that is called rejuvenation so at its best it's the discovery of new drugs and also the delivery of compounds or, or genes into cells that will not require the use of um, the transplantation of cells into the body but actually make the existing ones um, younger again and function better so that they will last for the rest of your life. Are there many people working in your area? Yeah, yeah I'd say it's one of the, um, uh, the, the largest areas in, in, the, in the stem cell field because it is an old question that the idea of replacing cells in the eyes comes back from the 80s and back then they were taking um, these cells not from um, stem cells but from the actual eye of, of animals like, like primates and doing transplantations and seeing okay these cells work now how can we do it for humans and there was always a shortage of cells so that gave birth to a big uh, area of research people looking at different aspects of the problem immunology transplantation cell production you know, cell function and we're talking 40 years now there are many of us but within Australia, there's there's a, f- a few niche sort of um, groups, mostly in um, Victoria and uh, Western Australia as well, actually. And in those 40 years that you mentioned, mm. uh, there's been a lot of change. You and your colleagues have seen substantial advancements, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, of technology, mostly? Yes. So, first of all, embryonic stem cells, human, were first out in, in 1998 and then reprogrammed um, cells, uh, which is IPS cells, induced pluripotent stem cells, taking a skin cell and making it forget that it was a skin cell and taking it back to the beginning of life when it, where it considers itself now to be soon after the sperm and egg met. So that process um, was first done by the Japanese, 2006. And what that really um, told us was we can take the cell from any person and almost any cell from that person and make personal stem cells for them. If that person has a disease and you take a cell from them, their cells encapture that genetic disease. And when you make a stem cell from them, now you've got a stem cell that has that genetic disease embedded in it. So you can take that stem cell and then turn it into an eye cell and it will demonstrate for you what's wrong with it. Now you have to be sort of smart enough to find out like where to look and, and how to do something about it. And the eye doesn't really undergo much natural repair, unlike your stomach, which is doing it all the time, or your skin. There's a lot of turnover in these other organs, you know, your blood, you know, you're making blood all the time. But the retina is a special case where there's not much um, repair. And so because we need vision for all of our lives, because every day our eyes have to deal with an absolute assault, you know, uh, wavelengths coming you know, f- uh, from the outside, the things that, that, we, um, that they experience through our bloodstream, a lot of um, oxidative stress, um, a lot of inflammation. Uh, we're asking just a, just a few hundred thousand cells in the middle of the eye to perform at peak capacity for 80 years or more. And that's why this 
type of therapy makes sense. Uh, as we get older, more people are going to go blind. Uh, as we yeah, continue to live in uh, populated areas, the Western lifestyle itself, um, we're going to see this continue. Um, there are no um, long-term effective therapies for AMD, and so a cell therapy is uh, what's needed well it sounds very 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 promising indeed jason congratulations on the work that you and your team continue to do and thanks for joining us today thank you very much